Good morning and welcome to the manual. I hope all is well and that you had a great weekend and you are getting a ray of sunshine and you are putting your best self forward. Here in Virginia, it's pretty hot today. Uh, it's going to get up to 95, I believe, this afternoon. I got a great workout in this morning with a good client and now I am hopefully going to get another one in this afternoon. We'll see how hot it gets and if I can do that. So we're entering the last week of June, actually the last couple of days. July is on us now, so we are in the main part of our summer. And I know where many of you are, we're dealing with uh, some some numbers that are rising with the pandemic and hopefully that you guys are okay. Some of you guys are in a spot where it's uh, pretty good and it's regressing. And then some of you guys are kind of still hunkered down and still living the good still living a good fight because you believe in you know staying healthy wealthy and wise so for, for whatever your situation is i hope that you are taking um, things into your hands for your health as you're getting some exercise getting some mobility and eating right so today's topic will will focus on diet uh the eternal laws of of youth and wellness and also i want to i'll kind of touch on some supplementation, whether um, you want to talk about or hear about uh, how to get it through plants or basically through uh, pills and powders, things of that nature. So again, some of us like our things very easy and some of us like to be more organic in, in our approach. First thing with a healthy diet, um, and again, diet to me is a bad four-letter word. I hate the word diet for those that know me. Diet connotates something temporary, something um, meaning you are doing it for a specific reason other than your doctor telling you, hey, you have to go on a diet or, you know, this is going to happen to you if, if you're in that situation, unfortunately. The other things is that we're dieting for a class reunion. We're dieting for a birthday that's coming up. We're dieting for a vacation, a wedding that we're in or a wedding that we're having. And that's not bad. So I'm not saying that. Oh, dieting is, is a bad thing, but dieting should not be a temporary fix. It should not be a band-aid. It should not be a crux that we should say, oh, this is coming up and I want to do this. A diet should be something that for, is for the rest of your life. It's how you eat, how you maintain your vigilance with your health and wellness. A diet is what it is. It's how you eat forever. Whether you're 30-something or 70-something, you have a diet. We all have a diet to adhere to. We all adhere to macronutrients, you know, carbohydrates, proteins and fats and then we also have our vitamins and minerals that fall into that regard but the one that we forget is water drinking enough water staying hydrated especially in the summer months wherever you are once there's sunlight once there's humidity once there's uh that kind of thing going on you need to make sure that you maintain um hydration hydration levels are very important for bodily functions as you guys know without proper hydration you get cramping you get muscle fatigue you get things that are not good and associated with it, and there's side effects uh, to those things that you do not want to deal with because you can, you, you know, you can experience organ failure. You can experience um, your skin breaking out for not being moist and things of that nature. So we definitely have to make sure that we stay hydrated. That's the number one thing that you do. And hydration is what they've been telling us since we we're little kids that we should get between six and eight glasses of water, quality water. Remember what I just said, quality water. Uh, not all waters are created equal, so to speak. Uh, some people like tap. Some people like to buy expensive water like Voss. Uh, I used to buy Voss, <laughs> kind of crazy. But understand what's in your water, how you're getting your water. Um, I 
have recently switched to uh, about a few months back. I drink baby water, water that they make for babies. Um, not Pedialyte, but water that they make for babies. You can buy it in Walmart, you can buy it in Target. It's about a, a dollar for a, a gallon or so. And I buy that kind of water because that water is not as harsh as it, as, as it is because babies have a system where they're building up to, you know, how we're going to be, how they're going to be when they get older. So their, their systems cannot take harsh water. So waters are not created equal. I know that sometimes people say, oh, you know, Poland Spring versus Avion versus um, Fiji. Uh, it, it's, it's water, yes, but then it has different levels to where the water is. Uh, the, the debate is still out about the alkaline waters, anything that has a pH in it, because that's what, a, that's what water is. It's, it's what the acidity levels in that water does to your body. And you want to kind of maintain uh, getting good water into your system. So hydration, I will always preach that to the end of time to get that kind of kind of done. Um, so going into the eternal youth laws, and the eternal youth laws is what the fitness professionals or the fitness realm, we refer to as these minor and major laws that we live by to kind of maintain that health and wellness sphere around you. Okay, and there's some of them are very simple. Some of them you guys have heard of. Some of them you probably have not thought of or you just didn't realize that that's a law in the eternal youth <laughs> equation. But we are, you know, we are definitely um, all on the precipice of, of bad health because our society promotes unhealthy habits for eating and wellness. Okay, so you should always consume foods that are free of toxic pesticides, um, preservative, insecticides, chemicals, and additives. So when you look at, I'm a label watcher. I was not always. I had to learn how to be a, a label watcher in my years because, again, I used to basically go in and buy whatever's on sale, buy whatever's, you know, available to me. And that's not necessarily the right way to go because if I can spend another dollar on something that is healthier for me, it's more worth it because I'll end up paying less uh, copay going to the doctor for an ailment that I'm dealing with. So I always tell people like, you know, we don't skimp out on cheap out on certain things and your health and wellness should not be one of those things. If you, if you like to buy, you know, a hundred and two hundred dollar pair of sneakers, there's no reason why you can't buy a, uh, a bag of spinach organic or whatnot. That's around three or $4. Think about that. You're buying sneakers <laughs> to look good for whoever, um, that are not, you know, probably not conducive to running or whatever. You, it's a fashion statement, but you're going to put lesser things into your body when it comes to how you pick your food and your, your fruits and vegetables. Ridiculous. Okay. Of course, the biggies are to avoid tobacco, caffeine, drugs, stress, um, excessive consumption of alcohol. Now, I used to drink, not heavy, but I used to drink in my uh, 20s and up to my mid-30s or so. But right, like right around 29, 28-ish, I stopped drinking heavy. And what I mean heavy is that I'm, I wasn't the type to get really drunk and, and fall over and, and all that kind of stuff. But I used to have, you know, I used to indulge as many people did because I, I would do the club scene. I would go out. I haven't been to a club probably, oh my God, I probably haven't been to a club since I was about 29, 30, 46. It's been a minute. Um, I can't take the music now, like loud and, and all that kind of stuff. But... I guess I'm getting older. But when it comes to consumption of alcohol, I do drink wine occasionally with dinner. Um, but when I say occasionally, that might be two or three times a month, if that. 
Um, and I like dessert wines mostly, so I don't really drink wine during my meal. Um, I, I wouldn't normally do that unless I'm out somewhere with friends or family. So when it comes to um, alcohol, excessive is the, the key word here. To not have excessive alcohol when, when you're kind of living, trying to live a healthy life, trying to put that pyramid together of a, of a good structure. Alcohol should be something that is moderate or you're very conservative with. You're not excessive with that. And of course, smoking, as we all know, is very bad for you. Whether you're, whether you're doing hookah, whether you're doing, um, you know, if you're smoking <laughs> cannabis, whatever you're smoking, smoking, you got to understand that that takes a tax on your on your um, on your lungs. And, you know, you have to deal with that, especially if you're trying to be an athlete, trying to work out in that regard. You don't want to have excessive um, lung uh, failure. OK, so we have to take our multivitamins and um, our, our mineral support daily. So whatever you do to get that, whether you're eating it or your supplementation is taking a pill every day, you want to definitely get into. Definitely want to get into taking something and being consistent with it. You know, if you're taking a multivitamin and you run out, I always tell people when you get to halfway of the bottle, buy another bottle. Okay, or buy them in twos so that way you don't have to buy it again next month or buy enough to last you for, for two months or three months. Again, I always equate this to if you're going to spend the kind of money on your fashion items, and, and I'm not casting aspersions on anyone that does this. What I'm saying is that if you can afford to buy designer clothes, designer pocketbooks, designer jackets, you know, expensive cars, you should have that same mentality when it comes to your health and wellness, that you're not going to skimp out, you're not going to spare any expense if it's going to elongate your life, if it's going to give you more uh, to your life. You know what I'm saying? Think about that. And the next time you say, well, this is too expensive for me to buy as far as a food item. Oh, that's that's too expensive. Think about what you're wearing in the store at that moment as you're saying that. Look down at your feet. Look at your hands. Look at look around your neck. You know, the, the $1,000 chain you just bought. You can still buy good food, guys. Still buy good foods. Okay. And then, of course, we get exercise, get um, get moving. Um, if you are new to exercise, if you are a weekend warrior, if you are a constant combatant in the arena or working out, make sure that it's a part of your routine. It's not something that you do a couple of months, take off a couple of months, unless you're injured. And then get back into kind of keep it consistent. The more consistent you are, the better it gets, the better you feel. For me, exercise is is, is a, a constant way to keep down anxiety. It's a constant way to ward off stress. And it's also a constant way for me to keep moving and, and to, to live the life that I want to live. To be, you know, an older person that can still do those things as a younger person can. I, I definitely believe in, you know, living your life to the fullest. Whatever that means to you. Whatever... The fullest means, whether it's it's taking these long vacations or being able to, you know, live stress free or monetary uh, free of, of being attached to certain things. Whatever that means to you is what it means to you. You know, we all get the pursuit of happiness. And one of those ways is through a healthy lifestyle, living, breathing and um, actually replicating the, these these events, so to speak. Through your life, you know, same maintain a positive state of mind. You know, I have this thing about me for the last few years. I've cut a lot of friends off, and they may know who they are if they haven't spoken to me in a long time. It's by design, um, because if I 
open a conversation with you and you're constantly telling me bad things. You're constantly telling me about how bad your life is, how bad, you know, this is happening and that is happening. I might get smart and say to you, hey, man, tell me you found $10. What? Yeah, tell me you found 10 Give me something positive because I'm having a shit day as well. And now you've compiled your shit on top of me. Now I'm feeling messed up. You know, it's crazy. It's like your world's on fire. Mine's is not. Why put my world on fire with you? And not to say that I'm not a good friend in that regard and I can't hear someone out because we all have bad days. We all need to unpack what what's happening with us. But if every conversation is about that or everything is negative, if you have negative people around you, eventually you will take on a negative energy. And that is a fact. <laughs> that is a fact. Look around you. And uh, if you notice that someone that's not in your life anymore that used to be, you can quickly say to them, wow, you know what? I'm not around this person or that person anymore. And things are a lot easier for me to do. Things are a lot easier for me to navigate, you know, because some people bring confusion. They bring stress. They bring anxiety. And it may not be their fault. It, just mean, it may be what they're going through, but they want to project that onto someone else. So definitely try to maintain a, a, a healthy state of mind. Get some positive vibes around you. And exercise is a good way to do that. Being in the exercise community, having a workout partner, whether it's a spouse, uh, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, or something like that, um, or just a friend, someone that has the same lifestyle uh, aspects that you have. It kind of keeps you in a group. It kind of keeps you guys going, so to speak. Okay. Um, And with that, I always say um, feed your spiritual side, nourish your spiritual side, whatever you believe in, whatever God you, you serve or whatever principles you serve, think of think of that as something that is near and dear to you when you worship. Bring it into your bring it into your lifestyle. Bring it into your camp, so to speak. You know, pray, meditate, whatever you need to do to maintain that balance, to maintain that positivity, to maintain that that healthy mind going forward. So I always tell people feed your spiritual side. And then um don't expect the impossible to happen, you know, set realistic goals and try to achieve them. Everyone has these, you know, these, these, these very grandiose ideas about how they're going to approach their, their health and wellness. And it, it definitely has to be something that's realistic. If you have a, uh, you know, you want to lose 10 pounds, 10 pounds is a realistic goal within a short relative amount of time. But if you are looking to lose a hundred pounds, if unfortunately, if you're in that situation, you have to be realistic that, that that's going to take a while. That's going to take uh, some doing and uh, take a lot of a lot of work. Not to scare you off or ward you off from doing that, but it, it's a commitment to yourself to lose that much weight. That that's not going to happen in two and three months. That's not going to happen in six months. That might be a year out for some people. And depending on how bad you are as far as your mobility, that may take a year and a half. But again, it starts with positive mindset, setting yourself up. Uh, getting yourself together, making a plan that's reali- that's realistic and it's easy to follow, and you have room to scale it. Uh, trainers will tell you this. We we use this word a lot. Scaling, scaling is a basically anything can be scaled when it comes to working out. If you have knee issues because of your weight, we wouldn't have you do things that will be squatting right just right yet. 
will kind of work you into getting there. Once we get some weight off of you, then we can safely put you in positions where you can lower the load uh, on those lower extremities. And that's how that kind of goes. You have to be patient in the process if you're not there yet. That's what people get discouraged and they want to stop. And that happens. It's crazy. Okay, getting back to the to the to the um, first part of the external youth laws. Um, switching gears a little bit. One of the things that um, and I had a client that struggled with this. Um, I, again, I don't use names. Uh, they may not be they may not be listening, but in just in case this might get to them, I'm not trying to shame them. But they had a habit of when they woke up, they would literally eat upon rising here. They would literally eat about a day's worth of food for someone else. Like they would eat up, they would consume about 27 to 2800 calories upon waking up. I'm not kidding, guys. Upon waking up, uh, they were an athlete. So, you know, if you guys are thinking, oh, it's, you know, must be, you know, a boxer, you know, football player. No, they were just a regular person. They just got up, they just had those kind of habits. Ate that much calories for starting. And then throughout the day, they would kind of gorge and stuff like that. So you can imagine them being um, overweight at some point. But the thing is, the rule of thumb is that you never have a big meal upon rising or retiring. So that means before you go to bed, you should not eat a Thanksgiving dinner. You should not eat a Thanksgiving dinner upon waking up. You have to ease your way into those calories. Breakfast means break, um, break fast. You're breaking the fast of sleeping. You slept. You burn a lot of calories when you're sleeping. Your body goes into a renewal state. You wake up a new person, so to speak. Your cells start to generate. First thing you need to do is drink some water after you brush your teeth. Drink some water, get the get the juices flowing, so to speak, and get your body kind of moving. And then you start to have your breakfast if you have breakfast. I don't eat breakfast 90% of the time, but when I do eat breakfast, it's light. It's about 400, 500 calories, if that. If that, you know. But again, do not have that kind of situation go on for you, okay? Um, so when it comes to... When it comes to starting the digestion process, chew your food thoroughly. And what I mean is that, you know how like we go on a date or we're out with family and friends and we're eating and we're talking. And sometimes you might be in the middle of a sentence or you're about to laugh or whatever is going on. You're not chewing your food all the way. You just you took a couple of bites and you swallow. Chewing your food is important for a lot of reasons. One of the main reasons for chewing your food thoroughly is not to choke. And not, you know, have a situation go on in, in a restaurant or in your house if you're alone. So, you know, you try to make sure that you don't obstruct the airway. But number two is that digestion starts in the mouth. Your tongue secretes uh, saliva that starts to break down those foods so that it gets it ready to pass through the stomach and the intestines and all that all that good stuff. Yeah, the system, the system is called peristalsis, as you guys know for all my geeks out there. But you want to start that process well. You don't want to have that food start to break down in a different part of the body when it should start to break down in the mouth. So chew your food and do that. And as we're on chewing food, um, when you're on lunch, if you're if you work in an office, if you work you know somewhere where you have you have to take lunch and you go out to do that, even if you work at home, actually, take the time to sit down, turn everything off, unless you're watching something that you know it's important to you, or whatever. And chew your food and eat and eat. There's an art to that. You know, people just will scarf things down. I remember when my daughter got back from the military 
she would eat so fast. And I'm like, why'd you eat so fast? She's like, we had to hurry up and do stuff. And I'm like, man, how how is that conducive to work? If you guys are running to this obstacle, to that obstacle, doing this and doing that, you know, when when she was in boot camp, I'm like, how, how are you properly feeling yourself if you're just scarfing down stuff? You know, so I never understood that about the military. I get what they're trying to do to make you, you know, uh, you know, a, a good soldier, so to speak. But I think they miss out on that. And, uh, and they also miss out on training you the proper way as far as physically so that you can get through safely boot camp and things of that nature. So that's just for another talk, basically. All right. So you definitely want to do that. You definitely want to not um, eat foods. Cons- um, cons- I'm sorry. Do not want to consume foods that are high in saturated fats. So I'm a label reader. I like to go out in the supermarket. You would probably hate to shop with me because I take my time. I can turn going to the grocery store into about a 45 minute ordeal because I'm looking at things. I used to buy things that are on sale and they made economic sense to me. But then I realized that when it came down to my wellness, I have to make sure that I'm being very prudent and very vigilant about what I'm doing. You know, I just don't buy things because it is what it is. I have to buy things that are going to assist me in my goals and it's going to get me there. So I definitely make sure that I read the labels. And um, and when reading labels, you kind of after a while, you get very good at spotting things that shouldn't be there because it's worded a little bit different. And you will see an ingredient or you'll see something You're like, what is that? Like, for instance, high fructose corn syrup is something that if it's the first, second, or third ingredient in a product, do not buy it. That, that's not a good sweetener to be that high on the, on the pecking order in that particular item. I mean, I'm sorry, particular product. So, so when you look at that, make sure that you do not see high fructose corn syrup, you know, in the first, second, or third spot. Okay? Very, very good. Um, avoid pre-cooked food and processed food. And this is one of the biggies that I contend with as a trainer. And um, most of my clients, I would say 90% of my clients become good friends of mine. And that's the one thing that we always kind of go roundabout on is pre-packaged foods like the Hungry Man Dinners or the Betty, um, sorry, the uh, Weight Watchers or Betty Crockers or whatever it is that is pre, it's pre-made. And the thing about pre-made food is that it doesn't it's preserved in a in a packet so it had to be packaged somewhere and it had to be preserved so basically you're eating whatever preservatives are is making that thing stay put in that packaging you know it's like canned goods i remember my dad banning us from really eating canned goods as a kid because he said to us that you know when you eat canned food you don't even know how long it's been in that can how long has it been in there, so to speak? So I used to always say to myself, like, well, I'm not going to eat something that I don't even know how long it's been packaged for and what is making it stay pretty much fresh, air quotes, um, in that in that regard. So try to avoid pre-processed food as much as you can because, again, it overworks the organs. It, it makes your organs work harder to break down these foods, to break everything down, okay? Um, from your from your diet, um, and again, this is just uh, a recommendation. I'm not a dietitian or nutritionist um, as far as my realm of study goes, but I know enough about nutrition to know this, is that, you know, you got to avoid white sugar, white flour, white rice, and iodized table salt, all right, so all those are whites. 
white sauces, things of that nature, because those are heavily processed, heavily refined um, in in their process of making it, uh, making those things. So it strips away any minerals and neutrals, um, sorry, minerals and vitamins and nutrients that comes with with that. So you definitely want to to do that. And one of the biggies that I that I like when it comes to the eternal youth laws is cleansing your system periodically. Now, I do two cleanses a year, meaning a major hardcore cleanse. I do intermittent fasting, which is a way of cleansing your body, so to speak. So I'll cycle on intermittent fasting for like two or three months, and I'll go off a month and just kind of not do that. And then I'll go back on for another month or so. So it's really random and sporadic um, way of how I do it, depending on how I feel. But when it comes to my periodic cleansing, I do one around... Uh, after one, after one coming up actually around the end of July. So I do one um, end of um, end of summer, so to speak, but middle of end of summer, and I do one around the holiday before the holidays um, start. So I kind of get myself uh, through that because the holidays I don't eat as much as I used to. Uh, Thanksgiving I was one of those people back in the day who used to gorge, and as I got older and more social, I go out places. I, I used to go. Um, I used to always say my Halloween is Thanksgiving where I go house to house to house getting food. So in eating smaller and cooking, if, if I have to cook home um, for myself, I would basically make enough food to last about two or three days tops versus going out on Thanksgiving and having food that's lasting a week because there's so much food. So I want to make sure that I that I that I eat eat that. The thing about foods, um, think of juicing. Juicing is a very um, good example here. So when you make a juice, uh, you know, whether you're fresh, frozen, whatever, if you make a juice, you should eat that or drink that right away. That's not to be made and put in the fridge to drink four days from now. You eat that right away. You, you consume that right away because you want to get that fresh in your system, the longer it stays, the shelf life goes away. And that's how all foods are. You should not be eating leftovers that you made Sunday or next Sunday. That doesn't work like that. It shouldn't work like that. So if you're doing that, please stop. It's not helping you just make fresh food on the weekends for the next weekend and things of that nature. Okay, so rounding out the eternal youth laws, one of the last ones, last two that I wanna kinda cover is that you eat only when you're hungry. Uh, or like very hungry, and then um, try not to eat when you're not hungry. Like if if you're hungry, eat, but don't go again if you don't feel like it. Don't force yourself. One of the things when I used to, um, I never did bodybuilding because I I just think that's I think it's a beautiful sport. But I just I I I've got my body to look sort of like that. Um, and it's an amazing thing to see your body transform, but it is psychologically, and this is for me speaking, it's psychologically taxing. It's no joke. Eating the same things over and over again. I'm like, if I have one more piece of salmon and sweet potato, I'm going to choke somebody. But it takes a discipline to do that. It takes a discipline of working out. It takes a discipline of, but the eating is really, really disciplined. So one of the things that, I, that bothers me about that is that I cannot eat every couple of hours. I do now. Very, very small meals when I come off my fast. But I used to have to like, literally like an alarm goes off. I'm like Pavlov's dog. My mouth is watering. I need to eat something like every two and a half to three hours. Crazy. I'm like, what am I doing? But I have to fuel myself because these workouts were taxing. They were no joke. 
So I used to say, you know what? I'm only going to eat when I'm hungry and not eat because I have to and I'm not hungry. So I always, always say that um, when it comes to the health and wellness. And then the last one, you guys may have noticed or may not notice that you should never drink an ice cold beverage with your meals. And what I mean ice cold, I'm going to use the sports bar analogy. When, when we're in a sports bar, guys and, and ladies, we're in a sports bar and we're having wings and, 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 and hot nachos and things of that nature. We're drinking a cold beer probably or a cold mixed drink. Uh, you should not be doing that. You know what I'm saying? You should not be doing that because it sends your body kind of in a frenzy drinking something cold. Uh, water is something that we're supposed to drink at room temperature or slightly cold. Never ice cold. It's a hot summer day. It's 90 something degrees and you, you know, pretty much drink. <laughs> you you drank uh, about, you know, eight ounces of, of ice cold liquid. And then all of a sudden you got brain freeze. Like, oh, what's going on? Your body's like, whoa, what's going on? Like you're having... It's too cold to do this. So try not to drink anything cold with your meals. It's 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 a very good way to um, send your body into uh, into a frenzy for no reason. So those are the eternal youth laws. If you've never heard of it, you can you can actually Google it a little bit. Uh, they're loosely written, but they're things that are common sense. Some of them anecdotal, and there's a lot of things that are um, um, that you may not realize that you do or don't do, and you should do. So when it comes to that is is what the eternal youth laws is. So we've touched on that. And now I want to switch gears to something that people may have confused uh, themselves or been confused about and never kind of thought about. But it is about fat loss, weight loss and water loss. Okay, so for my scale watchers. Scale watchers, you, know, you gotta know what that term is. A scale watcher is someone who weighs themselves every day, every hour in the hour, <laughs> every other day. It's counterintuitive. Do not do it. I'm telling you this to kind of save you the stress and the anxiety. The minute you wake up and start consuming food and start consuming liquids, your weight's gonna change. Women, when it's the week of your cycle, you're gonna carry more fluid than you normally carry through the other three weeks of the month. It's it, This is a fact. This is this is nature, right? That's how our bodies are designed. So you may weigh something at 7 o'clock in the morning, and then by 3 o'clock, you weigh something totally different. You're like, whoa, what? I just gained 10 pounds in, in this amount of time. Or in the reverse, you took a fitness class at your, at your favorite gym in the morning, and you are 10 pounds lighter when you go into the locker room to change, to go home. You're like, oh, my God, I lost 10 pounds. Hold the horses. You've lost water weight in, the, in that regard. You know, you've lost. Once you hydrate, you will re, regain that weight. It's how it works. So when people confuse water loss for weight loss, this is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about. So the way to gauge weight loss, uh, a few things. If you're going to weigh yourself, if you're going to become a scale watcher, I implore you to do it once a week. Same date, same time, same bat channel. And what I mean by that is that if it's Sunday morning, 7 o'clock in the morning, you wake up, go to the bathroom and weigh yourself, do that for a month to get a trending sense if you're... If you're if you're not working out at all, you kind of want to see what your where your weight's staying, 
because you've been eating different, that's a good gauge. If you've been working out, even better because you'll start to see week to week the weight either coming down. If it's staying the same, there's a few things that's going on. Um, and I'm not going to deep, deep dive on this. Uh, if it's staying the same, if you're doing a lot of resistance training, meaning you're lifting weights, uh, you're gaining muscle as well because you're eating more protein, you're eating more carbohydrates, and you're working harder. So you're, you know, one, one, um, on a, on a female, just not, you know, picking on anybody in particular, on a female, 123 or 125 can look different on, on two, two people. 125 can look someone who is, you know, working out pretty hard and, and toned up and, and ripped to shreds. They will look a certain way. Someone who's not will look another way. It's the same weight, but it's, it, it's how the weight is presented. It's, it's how much muscle you have on your body versus fat. And that's like a, a very, very good balancing act. It's a very good uh, way to gauge weight. Um, we have an in-body in body scale at work. It's a scale that uh, pretty much, I think they're making, it's medical grade, but they're, they're making scales now that you can purchase for, you know, uh, under $100 where it, it, it'll show you bone, um, your skeletal mass, your fat mass, um, subcutaneous fat, stuff like it'll, it'll give you all these, these metrics about yourself. But the thing, the thing that I tell people when it comes to weight, um, the weight that we cannot see, the visceral, called visceral fat. Visceral fat is the fat that surrounds our organs, heart, lungs, liver, kidneys, and things of that nature. That fat is very important because if it's too much of it, you're putting yourself at risk for a lot of chronic diseases. And when we test visceral fat, it should be at a certain number. It should be under, um, most most uh, scales have a, a, a scale, oh, I'm sorry, a um a metric where it needs to be under a certain percent. All right? Because, again, you do not want to have these underlying medical conditions that they talk about now, so uh, prevalent in the media. So when it comes to your weight, you need to understand what you weigh. And you, you're supposed to weigh yourself naked. And, again, do not drink anything. Get up, go to the bathroom, and then weigh yourself. Now, when it comes to a lot of um, other things about weight, and I kind of I breeze over on this, is that your colon may be impacted, a lot of fecal matter, things like that, that you need to kind of cleanse out. Um, I do psyllium husk. Um, it's a very good, uh, good um, way to kind of scrape the inside of yourself. <laughs> Sounds nasty, but I'm sorry. But, you know, it... it Cinnamon husk, basically, you put into liquid water or juice, whatever. It it becomes gelatinous um, in your system, and it pushes everything out, and you will kind of feel that. Um, I also do prune juice, and I do um, Epsom salt. Epsom salt is a laxative, guys, if you haven't noticed that. A teaspoon of it uh, in some water. It is a very powerful taste. And it, it kind of, I've been, for years, I've been trying to mix some kind of Concoction to minimize the taste for this, but it just over it's a bitter taste, it just overpowers everything. Um, I got to the point where I would eat like Starburst or Skittles after drinking it, and that seems to kind of hit hit good. But um, drinking it, I just drink it down without trying to taste it, and that's it. And then, of course, it's a laxative, it'll, it'll be effective quickly on you. So, um, when it comes to 
your weight, it fluctuates during the day. It fluctuates during the month. And definitely if you are seeing no change on the scale, but your your physical body is changing, is that you're putting on more muscle, more rip. And that's that's a normal thing. So definitely uh, I can do another episode on focusing definitely um, on that particular thing. But this is how you look at your weight loss um, formula, basically, which is, um, and I'm going to share this with you guys if you haven't done this. So um, if you can rewind this, fine. If not, I'll try to be as slow as I can do it. Okay, so there are four ways to do the weight loss um, goal formula. And the first one is to present your present body weight times your present body fat equals your fat weight. Okay, so your weight at present Versus your body fat at present equals your fat weight at present. Okay, number two, your present body weight minus your fat weight equals your fat-free weight. Okay, present body weight minus your fat weight equals your fat-free weight. Number three, fat-free weight divided by your desired um, percentage of fat-free mass equals your goal weight. That one is a little tricky. Okay, I'll say that one again. Your fat-free weight divided by whatever you're looking to become would equal your goal weight. So if you want to say, um, oh, I'm 185 pounds, but I want to be 155 pounds. Okay, Sally, Jeff, Mike, why? Why do you want to be that weight? Because you'll say to yourself, you know what, that's my natural weight um, that I you know, was in high school or whatever. And that's great and fine. But you got to understand, once you get to that weight, you may be like, oh, my God, I'm too small or I feel thin or I don't look healthy enough or whatever. So knowing what your sweet spot weight is, it's your your BMI, obviously. But you have to understand when you when you start losing weight, you may get to a point of like, oh, oh, my God, I thought I need to lose 30 pounds. I lost 20 and I look great the way I look. I don't want to lose another 10 pounds. And that's fine. That's fine. You can definitely do that. I, you know, I, I definitely want you to, to not go beyond and look and look crazy. But again, you got to know where where you lie with that. And then the last but not least, the last formula number four would be your present body weight minus your goal weight equals your weight weight loss goal weight. Okay, present body weight minus your goal weight equals your weight loss goal. So that'll tell you how much weight you've you've lost or need to lose to get to that ideal weight, okay? So today, we covered a lot of things. And I'm, like I said, I'll continue this tomorrow on tomorrow's episode um, of dealing with supplementation. But I, I try to keep you engaged and not too long. I try to keep it under, under 40 minutes if I can for this. If you guys have any questions, feel free to email me, cleveland.wasting at gmail.com. Or you can um, Instagram, IG me, DM. Or you can um, call me directly, 703-307-9188. Thank you for choosing the manual and have a great day.